Return to Oswald. I'm Derek. That's Brandon. That's Scar. First and foremost, rest in peace, Will Reef, a.k.a. Granville Adams. Passed away of cancer a few days ago. That shit was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, he's been dealing with it. Uh, he had brain, brain cancer and has been battling it uh, for the better part of a year. Um, and I feel like we lost a member of the family. Like, I'm not going to stop making fun of this nigga because what he did on the show is here. But yeah. at the same time, it's going to be with a heavy heart because, you know. Yeah, I, I started thinking about where his story goes. And like, I was just like, damn, like, do I really want to go in the way that I, I really want to go in? Like, you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Because there's there's some things that happen, and I'm just kind of like, bruh, this is, you know, like with with the character, something that happens with the character, and I'm just kind of like, man, do I do I go in the way that I want to go in? And I'm like, yes, because yes. that's the character that he played. It's not him. Mm -hmm. It's the character that he played. Mm -hmm. It's the character that we know him for. So you know what, the the, the character is fair game. Yes, very much so. And so, so I'm, so I'm, I'm gonna keep it there. That's, that's how I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna keep it there. But man, I just, yeah, it, it really sucked. Um, yeah. Like just seeing, seeing that headline because apparently, I mean, Google knows that I care about, I care about us. And, you know, I get those like Google pop-ups of like articles and stuff like that, that it thinks that I might be interested in. Mm -hmm. And it, and then, and then shit just popped up on my phone and like, it was on my phone when I woke up. You know what I mean? I was just like, yo, for real? And yeah, it's it's it sucks, man. Rest in peace to my man. So yeah, before we do the moment of silence, Brandon, you got any thoughts? I didn't really know from anything besides this. So I'm just, you know, maybe you can finally rest. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, I mean, I'm we're I think we're all in the same boat when it comes to that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's just another uh, reason to say fuck cancer. Rest in peace, Granville. Now, with that said, no, God damn it. Go ahead. Can I say something? Yep. I want to say, say this, and I want to say this emphatically. I, and I want, want y'all to hear me. BD Wong is a national fucking treasure and we should we should protect him at all fucking costs. You know, I was going to say um I I didn't find this episode nearly as bad as I thought it would I I would I found it more comical than anything else and BD Wong was a big reason why. He his I mean but his 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 little singing segment he killed that. He slayed that shit. Oh, we don't talk about it. Yeah. And he's not even the one with the Oscar. No. The one with the Oscar came out first. Yes. The sister. Sister. The sister is the one with the Oscar and the fucking Tony and all that other shit. Like, you know what I mean? She's the one. But BD Wong slayed. Mm -hmm. And just, just like he slayed pretty much everything I've seen BD Wong in, he slayed. Even, um, you know, like we were just, uh, Brandon and I was talking about Mr. Robot. And yeah. Yeah, like he slayed that shit. Um, so like BD Wong is a national treasure. We should protect him at all costs. For sure. So 
this is the musical episode the Scarsman warned us about. Um, and what they did was instead of having Augustus uh, be the narrator for this episode, because Augustus is off um, filming The Matrix, which is why they had him overdose on drugs. So then he would be out of the picture for a while. It was kind of like when uh, Miguel Alvarez escaped from prison. You know, so we can go right. film Band of Brothers. It's the same exact thing, more or less. Yeah. Um, except, you know, they could have just had him hiding in a in a coffin in, in the morgue. Um, apparently that works. <laughs> um, no, it didn't. It didn't work. because We don't know if it worked. Day, next day, we know he was rolling back in the fucking screen. And we just like, well, well what happened, dog? Like, that, that storyline just went nowhere. So, just- um the show starts off with the first narrator and it's not just the same narrator for each one. So uh, the first narrator on this one is uh, sister Pete. Um, and we know that Rita Moreno can sing because we know she can sing because she was a lead actress in West side story, you know? Yeah. So uh, because I'm quite sure y'all are going to ask for it. Not you two, the listeners. Here you go. It's years like these that make a young man old Bend his back against the promises that life should hold They can make him wise, they can drive him to his knees Ain't nothing comes for free in days like But you can't reap what you don't sow And you can't plant in hollow ground So let us fill this empty earth with hope Till the rains come down They handled that shit like a sitcom opener. Everywhere you look, everywhere. Yeah. As as Saeed no, no. gets let out of the hole and and talks to his Muslim brothers that are literally scratching at the gate, waiting for him to come back into Emerald City, and he mouths on the words, "I'm out, I'm back." And they all just do that whole thing where he puts his arms around their necks and they put their arms around his waist and they walk back into Emerald City together. Yeah, um, you know what that sounded like to me? That sounded like Women's Day at church. <laughs> when when the sisters when when the mothers get up there no no not even women's day it sounded like when the pastor is like does anybody got a testimony and the one church mother gets up to sing a song because she ain't got no testimony him. <laughs> oh, him. everywhere you look but he goes upstairs uh, after he gets out of the hole and all happy and shit like he didn't like he didn't you know have that moment last episode where he was so fucking broken because he doesn't want anybody to know that he was broken you know what i'm saying he so um he he doesn't want anybody to know he sound like this if i find my soul in this place or i'm in this <laughs> 
He said, you know what he sounded like? I just realized this. Remember when Adam Beasy went fucking crazy? He was like, you want to lick my balls? Like, that, he was doing that exact same shit. But, on, but Adam in Adam Beasy's defense, she called uh, Susan or whatever her name was. Shirley called him a nigger. That just sent him down a path. That's how he ended up going crazy. Adam, Adam Beasy lives, dog. Right? Adam Beasy fucking lives. Um, he goes upstairs and Omar's still working on his song. And Saeed apologized for hitting Omar. And Omar tells Saeed, you know, don't get mad at me. But the reason why I was selling drugs is because Burr Redding forced me to. And he said he tried to tell Saeed or he tells Saeed that he tried to tell Burr no, but Burr wasn't hearing it. And Saeed tells Omar, well, you should have came and asked for help, which sounded so much to me like um, Minister Society. When he's like, you should have brought it to the wax. We could have done it much better. And it's like, dude, you whooped his ass. And yelled at him every time he came to you. Like, why do you think he's going to ask you for help? Um, and Omar tells Saeed that he needed the Ike Turner treatment that Saeed was doling out. <laughs> I, I, I love that shit. I, I love that shit. The moment I left so hard I, when I heard that. And Saeed told him that Saeed was actually the one with the addiction because he was addicted to power 24-7 to being the master of Omar's recovery. And to prove that he's getting better, he tells Omar, you can call me Kareem. That was nice self-awareness by Saeed. Well, yeah. we never said he wasn't self-aware. We just said he was addicted to power. Yeah. Even when he gave it to Arif, he still was addicted to the power that he had in seeding it to Arif. He always gave Arif that power with the mindset of, you'll be back. You're going to want to give this back to me at some point, and I'm going to say no. Arif <laughs> is one of those people on Twitter. You know the people on Twitter that like, are super like hard on people and not that I'm not defending these people, but like super hard on people who like say fucked up shit or do fucked up shit when they used to do fucked up shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So Reef is like one of those people on Twitter who like are super hard on like quote unquote canceling people. And like you, you know, you're fucked up. You're racist. You're homophobe. You're this or that. And they used to be those things, but mm -hmm. don't remember that like they used to be those things. And just because they're on the other side now, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that like, you know, other people can't get to that side. That type of thing. So like, because we found out on the episode with the bus that like he was like a raging like addict. Yes. Like he like he was a really bad addict, and he got through it over the course of years. And yeah. it's clear that Omar is an addict and is trying to get through it. And he's just like, fuck him. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're wasting time with this nigga? He should already be where I'm at. There should be no growth period. He should just instantly be where I'm at or you should be done with him. He's he's one of those people that like um, that like never got any play. Uh, and then he became a male feminist. And started looking down on all men, and it's just like, yo, yo dog, like, um, that still ain't, that still ain't changed. They ain't changed nothing about you. You're just calling yourself a male feminist. Okay, I'm talking about Howard, but um, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but like that, that, but that he's he comes across as one of those guys. So, yeah, yeah. The other, I don't know where a reef's real issues are with this because it's not like he's it's not like he's really doing anything wrong to anybody like you know what i mean as as annoying as omar is 
like he is pretty harmless in the scheme of things. Completely harmless. And like a reef, he just acts like he feels threatened by this, and I don't get it. And so next up, uh, Omar. We were told by Ryan's mom that Omar is going to be the grand finale for the variety show that she's putting on. And at that point, I was like, oh, this nigga going to die. But he doesn't. Spoiler alert. Um, instead, he's just Omaring. Chicken. <laughs> Laughing in the sun, always having fun, doing all those things. But... My issue was he didn't sing this song. He did not sing this song at all. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was going to say. They had him singing a song. They, he's practicing a song that he didn't even sing. And then his voice cracks and he's like, what's this puberty shit? You're working out the kinks. Okay. I've been practicing this whole time. Okay. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. I just need a minute, all right? Shit. I mean, nobody out there and shit, man. Fucking heart is pounding. Omar, you are doing fine. The butterflies are natural. Fine, fine, fine means I'm fucked. Shit. I mean, these motherfuckers are gonna eat me for lunch, man. Shit, motherfuckers. I mean, look, I can just see them out there just out there trying to fucking jam me up and shit. Repeat after me. Fuck. Huh? <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Them. Say it. Them. Say it. Very good. Thank you very much. So, you know, then he goes ahead and he goes to talk to Poet and asks him, how can you get in front of crowds all the time and spit your poetry? And Poet's like, because I'm high. Uh, Another thing is, um, you know, eyes and their timelines. Mm -hmm. Omar's face is like still fucked up. So is this like a day or two after uh, Saeed beat the shit out of him? He ain't, he ain't been in the hole that long, obviously. Saeed had his moment, and then um, McManus was like, you know what? The last thing I need is fucking Omar coming to me in Saeed's, off, in Saeed's absence. So go get that nigga out, whether he want to or not. <laughs> Plus, all the Muslims were like, every time that you come out, your life is in danger and everybody was standing up against them. So, you know, they they the best way for them to get that taken care of was just to erase that whole problem by having Saeed come back out. OK, so at least we know this is two days after the last episode. Yeah, which <laughs> means that that somehow she found enough of a cast for this whole variety show. I don't know. Anyhow, a poet. <laughs> Omar tried to tell Poet that he doesn't want to get high. And Poet's like, because of Saeed and McManus, man, fuck them. They try to pull that same game on me. My poetry's how I fight back. And these tits is just to cure my war wounds. And then Omar takes the drugs, but he doesn't take the drugs yet. And Poet reminds him, you know, all eyes will be on you, which was fucked up. That was Poet trying to get him nervous so he would actually take the drugs and become an addict. And he was like, and these drugs are called, call it an IOU. Um... Look at those sales. Look at those sales techniques. Right. For drug dealers, that's that's hella good. And so um, Omar comes out for the variety show, which I guess the next day he didn't die. Um, And everybody's booing. And then he flicks everybody off. And the microphone has feedback. So they stop booing long enough for him to start singing. And he gains confidence, but he can't really sing. And 
initially I, I, I had forgotten, but Scar reminded us that even in the five heartbeats, that wasn't him singing. That was Adele's. So, yeah, but didn't yeah, we was, hear him singing last week, like opera style, much better than this when he, he was, was in it, his office? He's been singing this same song this whole time, and but then he didn't do that song. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, like, like, like he said, the dude from Adele's actually sang for him. So, like, the, the only thing we knew that he was able to sing was this song that he didn't actually sing. But we ain't got nothing but love for you, baby. As soon as he finishes the song, um, Brian's mom hugs him and he gets booed roundly. Um, and after that, <laughs> McManus and ex McManus are walking down the hallway and she expects him to gloat, which like Jesus Christ, like your marriage must have been tons of fun. And he does uh, saying that after all the shit he's been through to see just one of the inmates pull through, touch his heart. And I'm like, do you remember poet? Like you've thought niggas have pulled through before and they don't, but it was enough to make X McManus want to, you know, make fuck with them after that speech. Well, it's- yeah. McManus clearly just wants to see like somebody be better. Mm-hmm. And the only person he can point to is Beecher. It's like out of more, everybody there is more or less. And I think that he's ignoring Beecher because he's white. And he was already a lawyer and a good guy, and they just brought that back out of him. Whereas if he takes Omar, who's a drug addict and a fucking scrub, that's saying something. But like I said, he elevated Poet to a point where Poet um, was regaled above everybody else. And then Poet got out and did went right back to what he was doing before. So everybody's got a plan when they're in prison and they've got nothing but time and space to cure all their woes like if you block yourself away from these dealers or whatever your addiction is you can actually clean yourself up and become something which is why a lot of folks that i've talked to who are heroin addicts are like i go to jail so i can get clean yeah and the thing with poet is in 20 or 2000 eyes or 2001, whatever that season was, they set it up for him. They basically like one of the biggest parts of recidivism is you can't, you know, I can't work. <laughs> so I end up going to do illegal stuff so I can survive and make money. Then I get caught and I get caught, come back, but they set it up in his story so that he had like this whole book tour and he was supposed to be doing like these tours to do his poetry, and like he had a bunch of money coming through. Mm-hmm. And then they and then, yeah, didn't he shoot somebody? On he a shot somebody stop? in the line in the book line with people Stop. behind them. Yes, in the yeah, book he 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 shot up Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, they were just like you. He, he gave reason you, money and you still came back. He the reason why Books a Million had to close. Exactly. He was like, here's a book stop for you and just took off. Um, but you can't control what they do when they get out of jail. And you thinking that you've done something because he had one moment is just setting yourself up for failure and sadness. So you need to be aware that even if you try and reach out and save these motherfuckers, they are still, at the end of the day, grown men who are going to make their own decisions once they're no longer in your presence. When you are in their presence 24-7, guess what? You are their sun. You are their moon. You are literally the god of their world. But when they're no longer around you, 
God seems awful far away, homie. These drugs seem real close. Mm -hmm. So Arif uh, comes to Saeed, and Saeed already knows what's going to be said, which I... I, (laughs) Once again, with all due respect to mom, we are concerned with who you choose to spend your time with. Am I close? I thought so. Initially, I thought Arif was going to be like, nah, man, we were coming to tell you you were right about Omar, but nope. You right. You right. You right. We still don't understand why you're hanging out with this nigga instead of hanging out with me, dad. I mean, a mom and um, (laughs) a mom. I I feel like I feel like you're making a big mistake by fucking around with this dude. And then Saeed went into a diatribe about how Muslims uh, have been enslaving people for years, which is the same thing Robeson said last week or the week before last. Wasn't nobody trying to hear it then. Um, if we as and he says, if we as blacks and Muslims are going to truly fight for freedom, Omar White should be allowed to be who he is, and I should be allowed to be who I am. Basically, what Saeed was saying at that point was, let Omar be who he's going to be, because I'm going to fuck stinking ass Scott Ross's sister. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm a fuck me a white woman. I thought I'm he was a- talking about his anger. No, I should be free to be who I am, which is somebody who loves pink nipples. Oh, pink nipples. Man, what are everything I dreamed? It's like, it's like Omar is a drug addict who is trying and he's actually being a perfect image of what black people should be, which is free. So why can't I be free to slap that white ass? Assalamu alaikum. Love who you want to love. My home, my 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 big brother piano said that. <laughs> so after that, I, I'm telling y'all, stinking ass Scott Ross's sister is gonna show back up. Um, James Robson convicted 11797 of murder in the first degree and assault, sentenced to life, but up for parole in 25 years, and he has a toothache. So Schillinger tells him to go see Dr. Farage and Robson says he doesn't want some sand niggers hands probing his mouth. <laughs> like he, when he comes, what he comes up with is just like, yo, Oh, you never heard that phrase before? No, what he, no, 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 no. I've heard it before, but like, he, okay. he, bring, he keep bringing back some shit that we thought was gone. Gone, like, gone. You know, you know what I mean? Like he's on that Gruden. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, we. I mean, really? Like they still call us? They said we got big lips. Like we, are we really still on that? I mm-hmm. wouldn't have. I wouldn't have used the exact words that this doctor used, but I understand why he used them the way he did Man. to fuck with him. Man, doctor drugged him <laughs> the fuck up and was like, "Yo, um, let me tell you the history of Hitler and Jewish people." And you can't do shit about it because if you twitch, I'm gonna cut your shit off. <laughs> I'm gonna cut your shit off like like your white ass, uh, white trash mama got her power turned off. So and the, the worst part, of, the worst part about, oh, oh, I'm sorry, um, I'm the worst part about all of this is the fact that like Hitler's ideal of the perfect person was someone the complete opposite of himself. 
And like that should have made you like raise a fucking eyebrow at least. The blonde hair, blue eyes thing, like, well, he doesn't have those. He looks more like the Jews than he does the blonde hair, blue eye pe- person that he's like saying is like the 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 shit. Like you, you don't look like this person. Self hate is real. This whole episode was uh what was that Chris Rock thing? I, I don't agree, but I understand. Mm-hmm. That was this episode with this, and then we'll talk about it later with Beecher. <laughs> That's what this episode was. Mm-hmm. Stuff legal. You know what kind of killing you'd make? Telling it to all the drug fiends in Oz? They may have tits, but <laughs> you've got pussy. What is it with you Nazis and gas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you! <laughs> hey, I thought I had to wear two pairs of gloves. Open wide. Huh, no, let me have some more gas. Don't need more gas, wearing okay? off. Open wide. Uh-uh. You know, with all your warped ideology, I bet you never gave much thought to why Adolf was so pissed off at the Jews. You know, one theory is that he was traumatized by the death of his mother. She died of breast cancer, and she was in the care of a Jewish physician. And so, of course, the repressed hatred erupted itself into the Holocaust. Now, another theory is that Hitler's father was the illegitimate son of a German woman and some obscure Jewish man. And so Hitler himself had impure blood. Oh, Oh, now now, now don't make me slip, because if I do, we are both in trouble. Hmm? You know, it's amazing. We don't even know where these gums come from. (laughs) I mean, this could be the gums of a kike or a speak. Or even a faggot. I mean, you could be getting the beautiful gums of a big black nigger. I love the terror music that came behind it. Because that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And it's going to become a thing. (laughs) So it's going to become a big thing. So, then they had that niggas singing rap music. Yeah, it's oh, it's gonna get bad. Trust me, this shit is gonna get real bad. So for, for him. After that. <sighs> after that, we go to the next uh narration, which is a musical break by everybody's favorite biker, Jazz Hoyt. I feel he's like, like they ba- taught him to memorize the song, and he was like, "I got this." He's he's like a bassist or something like that in real in a, in an actual band, right? Yeah, like, I see. Well, we see why he's the bassist. Yeah, he's not a lead singer. This no, is no, no, no. this is not the basis for a good singer. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, he plays guitar. So um, after this, we um, see that Pender's. And Alvarez are still training their dogs. I don't know who took over for um, for Augustus. Like they just didn't even show that dog anymore. It was just like think, done. I think that I think that dog gone. 
well, you know, somebody had to carry on. Like they had three dogs for the training, and now uh, there's only two. Like where the fuck the last dog go? Um, they took that motherfucker back. They they should have just okay. You signed up for this too. Here, catch up, nigga. Um, but what we find is that Penders has taught his dog how to fetch, which he wasn't supposed to teach the dog. So now his dog has to unlearn it, which. And that's not right. That's not right. Bye. That's not right. <laughs> that's what they're going to do to his dog. Bye. Right? That's not right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm going to go fetch. Bye. <laughs> and Miguel, he had his dog fetch a toothbrush. And Miguel was like, you brush your teeth with that? But yes, like, you know, the dog probably, he doesn't even think about it. He's just like, I love my dog. Um, also, the dogs are learning control. So as they walk the dogs, a CO fires his gun so the dogs can learn how to maintain control in louder, chaotic situations. Uh, you teach a dog this by standing on his leash and telling them to chill. Miguel also wants Rivera, Eugene Rivera, the one who he poked his eyes out. He wants Rivera to have Julie after he's finished training her. And that's a bad idea. I was like, that's that's not the best idea you had, Miguel, because he'll probably try and murder your dog. But instead, <laughs> what happened wasn't that. What happens is that we find out that Rivera's wife, Tina, is extremely possessive of her place as Eugene's everything, like as far as being his eyes and, and his sight. And she doesn't want to cede that to anybody or anyone or anything else, including the dog. So she takes huge offense to it before they even know that it's Miguel's dog. And it felt like she thought that if she wasn't his, like, guide, then they would lose touch. Like, she wouldn't have any reason to be around him anymore, and she would start to resent him. That's how I felt. Yeah, it's, I her, see that. Her, her reaction was just so weird. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, we're going to get him a dog and kind of help him out a little bit. Take some pressure off you. I don't want no pressure off me. Like, mm -hmm. I'm his wife. That's what I'm. I'm doing my duties. Like, no, this helps out everybody in the house. Well, fuck the house. He can't exactly. see it. That's exactly how she feels. Fuck mm -hmm. the house. And um, when they find out, like this is before, like I said, before they even find out that Alvarez is the person who's trained the dog. But once they find out Alvarez trained the dog, she really flies off the handle and drags Rivera out the room. Um, I mean. Rivera gets mad too, but he's still like, I'm gonna think about it. And she's like, the fuck you are. And meanwhile, Julie's just being a really good girl. He's training her, like literally with the blinded, with the blindfold and everything. She's a really good girl. She's really putting in work. Um, Daniel Meehan was arrested on February 9, 2002, a destruction of private property, assaulting a police and assaulting a police officer, and sentenced to 15 years, but he's up for parole in five. He got sentenced like a black man. Did he, though? Obstructing private destruction of private property. And you got 15 years. And you assaulted a police officer. Yeah, assaulting a police officer. Leads to murder like, for black people. Sometimes. But you go if you get caught and you go to jail, you're not going know. for 15 years unless, well, a black person would, but I'm saying you, a white person's not going for 15 years for hitting No, yeah, off. no. White people are getting, like, they get okay. Like four, three years. Right? For that. Think about for what you did. And then out on good behavior. This person got 15 years for 
for you know. And he wasn't the only one. Going to rock through the glass door at Seven Eleven and hitting a police officer, essentially. And um, also, at this point, I realized that Augustus is doing the voiceover for sentencing. So, yeah, that struck me. I've got a thought about Oz that I just was thinking about. Do y'all think that if Oz came on TV in 20 and now time, do you think it would be a show that people live tweet? Yes. And I don't think that it would have gotten, I don't, I think that a lot of the storylines would have been drastically changed though. Yes, absolutely. So this, this it's like, it's like the blazing saddles of TV shows. Like you mm -hmm. can't do this show. (laughs) You can't do this shit now. Like there's, there's no way that you can do this shit now the way that you did it at the time. There's yeah. no no way possible. Like just from the last episode of the the guy screaming the alternate f word over and over and over again, um, like stuff like that. Like, you can't do that now. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know though if this show would rise to the popularity enough for people to like the well, last no, show that people liked because was what it, it it it. There's so many options now that I don't think it will latch on. Um, I think I think the HBO-ness of it would make it something that people would live tweet. But I think it would get to the point of where, uh, you know, like Game of the last season of Game of Thrones got where people were just kind of hate watching at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it would be like, you know, after the first couple of seasons, people are just going to hate watch the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And the live tweeting is going to be the hate watch. Like you're you're watching this so that I can uh, you know I'm watching this so that I can live tweet and talk shit about all of these fucked up storylines and shit. So, um, Father Mian is rooming with Ryan, who's not happy about it because he has a new roommate that isn't Cyril. Also, he tells him he has no need for a fucking priest. Um, and Ryan's mom tells him that she's clear her schedule, so she could be a Cyril's trial every day. And Ryan tells Cyril, if you start to panic, just think of me making a silly face, which is, you know, adorable, I guess. I guess. And he gets led away to court. Uh, Morales is playing basketball and the ball lands in the hands of Ja, who tells Morales the ball is about the size of his head. And then he does a weak ass kick to it like Morales. Look, this you think it was a baby bouncer ass kick. It was so going to die. It was so, cool. so second grade. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that shit was so second grade. Mm-hmm. This, is your, this is your head. This is your head. This is you. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes back to working on his calisthenics and Ryan tells him that he may have fooled him and set Ryan and uh, Cyril up, but Ryan killed Lee and not the other way around. And then Ja does a bomb ass stand and jump kick and walks away as Ryan mutters, I got moves too, brother man. <laughs> And then he uh Ryan goes and serves Glenn in the cafeteria. Like, like Glenn um comes up to the front of the line and Ryan's like, yo, I need you to tell the truth about what really happened. And Glenn's like, I told the truth. And then Ryan's like, you know what? I made you something special today, and reaches into a completely separate pan and pulls out some grits or something and puts it on uh Glenn's on Glenn's pan. 
It's like, damn, you hate grits that much, dog? Mm-hmm. You just <laughs> you just fucking up the entire pan to take this one nigga out. And Glenn is like, I need that. I need that. I ain't doing it. Nope. 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 Yeah. And, and he, like, he, he just completely lost his shit over some grits. I was like, yo, grits mm-hmm. are fucking great. Not instant grits. Like, let's be honest. And I'm, not with I'm, sugar in it either. No. Um, no, I'm not a I'm not a sugar person either. But like, do do you? Um, but like, you ate grits that much that you just completely lost your shit. He it's threw that like shit he, down. I was like, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. He did that shit like Ryan spitting it or something. All he did was just like not give you the fucking bacon or something like that. Just put some grits on your fucking plate, and you're just mm-hmm. like, no, fuck this shit, fuck all of this shit. And it's like, mm-hmm. yo, you are really bugging right now, like, because grits are fucking great. As long as they're not instant grits, because no self-respecting southerner eats instant grits. I mean, but you can fix instant grits, though. Like, I mean, you can take the packet of instant grits and actually make it into something serviceable. If you're doing a single serving, I mean, you can still do the cream where you're slow stirring it and everything and it locks into the flavor and everything. You just got to know how to do it. Now, son. You I'm just not say doing that, the one with the, the you, husks and all that shit say, on it. You just you just say that because y'all ain't got nothing but instant grits there. I know. No, no, I know what you're talking about with the husks and all that nasty ass shit on it. I'm not doing that shit. Because people out here don't know how to cook them right. And I end up with husks in my teeth and that shit pissing me off. But Ryan then goes to see Morales and tells him that I need Glenn to have an accident. And all I thought about were those old commercials once again that we watched. I'm about to have an accident. (laughs) I've been in my job for three months and I'm about to have an accident. I saw one of those. I was looking, I was looking for something in like my uh, liked videos on Mm -hmm. YouTube. And I went all the way back to the beginning and I saw the one uh, in the, um, in the, the, the restaurant, the grease fire. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I saw that video. I didn't actually watch it, but I saw that video and I thought about that when when this happens. I need him to have an accident. Next thing you know, nigga ain't had next no thing arm. you know, that nigga come in and his arm is cut off and it's cut off in a place where it can't easily be put back on either. Like they cut it between <laughs> the elbow and the shoulder. And then, and then my man is like, I got the arm right here. Like, nigga, what the fuck you gonna do with that? Hi, <laughs> hi. <laughs> So he tells Morales that if Glenn has an accident that's not fatal, just debilitating and can't be traced back to Ryan, then he'll kill Ja and it won't be traced back to him either. That's a that's that's not a really a fair exchange there, buddy. He cut an arm off and you got to go murder somebody. Um, But murdered that nigga arm, dog. To death. And then Cyril, we find out he got agitated during jury selection and kept talking. And the judge is a dick who knows about Cyril's mental state and doesn't care. So the first day... This is the most fucked up shit ever because, like, yo, if this dude can't possibly keep quiet because he doesn't understand what the fuck's happening here, he is not in the right mental space to be standing trial right now. Mm -hmm. Which is what McManus was saying. That he needs to go straight to the mental health facility. Um, but the first day wasn't a win for uh, Cyril or Catherine. So Sister Pete goes to talk with Cyril and she brings him a sock puppet and tells him that um, whenever he feels like he needs to talk to somebody, he needs to just go ahead and whisper to the puppet. And um at the end of the day, he, he practices whispering to the puppet for a few moments. And that's, you know, that's cool. And then she's like, at the end of the day, you and the puppet come back and tell me what you're whispering about. 
And okay, no problem. That works too. You know, whatever. This is good therapy done by you, Sister Pete. Good job, buddy. Um, and he practices whispering into the puppet's ear and everything. And she's like, nah, you need to, you need to be a little bit louder than that. Uh, you need to be a little bit quieter than that. And then she's like, um, what's the name of, of your puppet? And um, he's like, the puppet's name is Jericho. And that's literally the only part I care about in this entire sequence, because that nigga forgot to use his acting voice when he explains why the puppet's name is Jericho. Good. What do you want to call him? Jericho. Why Jericho? Because the walls came tumbling down. What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't even realize that when I watched it. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, his, I, can't, I can't say what I want to say. I would be quiet, but yeah, he went. Man. He went from uh, Cyril's voice, which is Jericho, to all of a sudden his eyes changed and he lifted the puppet, the arm with the puppet up backwards, so it's facing Sister Pete, and it's like. Because the walls, because the walls came tumbling down. And I just want to remind y'all that Chucky comes out on sci-fi in a few days because that's literally what that shit reminded me of. And you know something that I just put together? I just put together, right? Mm-hmm. Jericho, the wrestler's theme is break the walls down. Nuh-uh. It's Judas. No, but it, I mean, his old, I don't know, I don't know no new stuff, but it used to be break the walls down. This yeah. nigga Cyril better not be fucking Roy from fucking Primal Fear, or um, I will lose this shit. Um, I cannot say what I want to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, he's not. I'll just say that I can say that one hundred percent. He is not. You seen but, Primal Fear, right? Yes, yeah, so I actually it bought it. I bought it very recently, and yeah, I, because it's I, one I, of my favorite movies. Yeah, uh-huh. it's one of my favorite movies too. And I heard once you played that voice, all I could think of was like. This nigga better not be Roy for Primal Fear. So for, as soon as you played that clip, because I missed that watching the show. As soon as you played that clip, I said, what? <laughs> How did mm-hmm. I miss this? Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I can I can tell you without spoiling anything. No, that's not, he's not Roy. I'm I'm a I'm a go ask Nisha if I can uh bring <laughs> honestly, up tonight. Honestly, then walk the, down. The, the whole point, <laughs> the whole point of Primal Fear is not the I'm calling my dick Jericho from now on. <laughs> Stop that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to break your walls down, baby. We don't need that here. Go away. <laughs> go, go away, away bear. <laughs> go, right, go away, ahead. bear. Sorry. Um, no, I was... I, f- I forgot what I was going to say, but... Um, yep, completely lost it. Okay, cool. So, Ryan now had to kill Ja, and he noticed that Father Meehan prays a lot and asked him to put in a good word for conjugal visits. If you're praying to God, ask that nigga where my conjugal visits are. Also, lights out means shut the fuck up. (laughs) And then we got Hoyt. Hey, look at y'all. I'm sorry, I said Hoyt. We got Burr. My bad. We got Burr. Uh, Tell me what you see. Marching to the fields of Vietnam. Looks like handsome Johnny with an M60 marching to the Vietnam War. 
fucking character for him right? <laughs> like, and the hand thing that he kept doing yeah like, is that yeah, the only dance move you got here Burr? yeah i was just like yo dog uh this like completely changed my perspective on the character like <laughs> like I, but i can't well, i can't see you the same after this at this point this one i started to understand that again the narrator like we like 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 we've been saying this completely just cemented the fact that the narrator is a completely different person than the character that is embodying the voice so yeah at that point in time that nigga became wailing uh by, by admitting that you are admitting that he was not in that computer you do realize that right <laughs> no what i what we've been saying was augustus may not have been in that computer but atabisi saw him that's what I've been saying. Regardless of the situation, if Augustus was, if that was a disembodied voice, whatever it was, Adabisi saw that person in the computer screen and reacted to what he was saying. That was my problem. He was watching YouTube. Like, get the fuck out of here. He was not watching YouTube. And them niggas be using that, those computers for straight up porn, just yeah. prawn like a motherfucker. I'm like, yo, y'all, y'all got unrestricted? So basically, I can't even I can't even get onto the right Gmail at my job. Shit. So um, Burr goes and asks if there's been any update on on Augustus' condition. Um, and Burr doesn't know who gave Augustus the drugs. But when he find out who did, he'll let McManus know. And we know this because he promised to do as much in the last episode. But McManus, you know, still tells Burr, I don't trust you at all. Blackie nigger face. And so Poet comes up to Burr and tells him again that it was it was the Sicilians that fucked Augustus up. And again, we did this last week. But now Poet is saying it's because Burr and Morales are plotting to take over the tit game. So they took their frustration out on Augustus, which I thought was a flimsy ass. Uh, yes. Like, that's just a word. That's, that's what you think as, happened. As a parent, I'm mm. like, come on, dog. Mm-hmm. My, my daughter's told me better lies than that. All of a sudden, you got suspects, huh? You got a motive. Um, and then Burr asking for proof, and Poet audibly says, shit. <laughs> 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 hey, man, you got to go get some proof. God damn it. He's, he's, he starts patting his pockets like, oh, man, I, nah, I hate it. <laughs> so then this nigga goes to Chico and tells Chico that he's the prime suspect for the person who drugged Augustus and that Burr is growling for revenge. And Chico's like, well, it was probably Sicilians. And Poe was like, I said the same motherfucking thing. (laughs) But we need to find somebody who will blame the Sicilians so you don't get murdered. Somebody who doesn't have a vested interest. So they choose fucking Boots Mollis. 
out of nowhere, he just walks into the room at the wrong time, and all of a sudden, yeah, Boost Mollis is involved in another storyline. He is always in the wrong place at the wrong fucking time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, Boost Mollis gives up Salvador or Salvatore DeSantis, who I've never even heard of before. Right. Um, and Burr pulls out this lethal ass bottle of LSD that he's had for just no reason. Express right, like why? And he pour he tells poet to drug DeSantis's food with a mind fuck. And Sal eats the liquid LSD and he goes brain dead. I don't know very know. much about LSD, but I mean they I, say Molly can do some shit like that and like X and shit like that. But I heard I, you could take I, a trip that you'll never come back from if you do it repeatedly, but I didn't know you could do enough to go brain dead and on your first go. On your first, yeah, I didn't know you. I didn't know you can get pregnant on the first time if you pour Dr. Pepper into your coochie and then do the 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 gyrate. Apparently, you can die from drugs anytime you take them, Star. Apparently, so even if it's the first go, do do do. You can look at Lynn Bias, right? But that wasn't his first time. Let's be honest. That's what they said. That's what they gonna say. Of course, of course, that's what they gonna say. Yeah, nigga, that is not your first time. You want to take some? You want you want a hit of this cocaine? Sure, give as, me all of it. As much as the cocaine was running through the fucking NBA at the time, bro, it was not his first time at the rodeo. That was not. He wasn't not in the NBA yet. He was in I college, know, but, but he still. got drafted, and they were like, "Yo, you gonna have to get ready." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he rolled up, rolled up on his people. Was like, you know, you got to take something to prove that you're not a cop, right? <laughs> so as we get close to the end of this, and know what, I'll say this after we after we wrap it up because I have a proposal. Okay. So okay, so Peter is talking with Sister Pete about being assaulted by Schillinger, Robson, and random Nazi, and she needs him to know that he didn't deserve to be assaulted, and those men had no right to violate him. And he tells her that the therapy isn't helping him out and leaves. Um, this whole next part, uh, if I hadn't been mad at uh, Leo before, this shit fucking infuriated me, like in a million different ways. Um, but really, it was one reason was because it just showed how um, utterly petty a person in power can be uh, towards somebody who needs their help. Secondly, it showed him making light of uh, sexual assault and rape uh, by saying that, well, one person deserved it and the other person didn't. And third, this is like just so laissez-faire, like it's going to take care of itself. Rape is literally like the ultimate uh, like like this survival of the fittest. And I'm just going to play this whole scene because, yeah. I want to find the three men who raped Shibeta. Why? Why, Leo? Why? Look, we're doing everything we can to keep the number of reported rapes down. Reported? Listen to you. Your own daughter was raped. Well, this is different. This is ours. Rape is rape, Leo. I don't agree. Here, rape has a, a leveling effect. Peter Shibetta, from the day he arrived, wanted to be a tough guy. Wanted to follow in his father's footsteps, running things, hurting people. Well, 
He got stopped by Adebisi. Now he got stopped again. What's going on? Do you have something personal against Shibeta? No, no. It's simply survival of the fittest. As natural and basic as Darwin. You and I have disagreed about a lot of things over the years with this. Peter Marie. A leveling effect. You want rape to do your job. Glad I got on that anti um Glenn shit early. Cause that was terrible. I I The one thing that goes through my head a lot when I watch shows from years back is how people watch those shows in their formative years and took it to be okay because somebody who they thought was famous said it on a show, Dave Chappelle. And so, um, for people to sit back and watch this and then watch Adam laughing about raping that woman and yeah. Well, my problem with it is not so also wait, I didn't, I didn't finish my other big issue with this is that once again, they brought up his daughter artists just to push along the storyline without any real resolution to any of her uh, with without any end to her pain. We didn't get to see a public ending to her pain. It's just, we keep bringing her back up when we need to talk about rape and sexual assault. I don't really, I don't have an issue with characters doing these things. I have an issue with, they're not making it seem bad enough. Like if you're going to have a character say fucked up shit or do fucked up shit, then you need to make it clear that they are fucked up. Like, if you watch, not to make it comparison to pro wrestling, but if you watch pro wrestling, like you want to know who's the heel and who's the baby face. The heel shouldn't be doing things that the baby face does because you want some, you want to cheer against the bad person. Like you need to know who the bad person is. When you watch these old shows, they make it ambiguous, right? They almost presented this as like, these are two opposite sides of the, of an opinion. One person believes that, you know, everyone is entitled to not you know getting this happen to him and the other person was like you know that's kind of what it bees like in jail and that's not the same as you know a, a random woman a woman getting uh, assaulted in, in real life and on top of that they did it as you know the you know jump out the bushes type thing when they did when they did it in the show and so when you do that's what that's what bothered me most about this was that like i was i'm i personally don't like leo and i've never liked leo so i see leo as a bad person so when i see that i'm like of course this son of a bitch thinks that like of course he thinks that but the show doesn't present leo as a bad person the show presents leo as a neutral person they present him as like in the middle of whatever he's not bad or good um he's 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 very much chaotic neutral like he's not like yeah. neutral neutral. He's very chaotic neutral. Yeah, the show present yeah, the show doesn't present him as a bad person. He's not Schillinger. He's not presented as Schillinger or or even O'Reilly at this point. Like he's presented as like, eh, 
Yeah, sometimes he has bad opinions. Sometimes he has good opinions, but he means well type person. And someone who means well doesn't say that shit at all. Not at all. What they say. So we find out that Chucky is getting is feeling worse and worse from Mercer and has forgotten how to pray. And so Sister Pete wants Dr. Nathan to talk to Peter Shabetta. And in turn, Dr. Nathan wants Sister Pete to teach Chucky how to pray. So it's like a felon exchange program. Mm-hmm. I'm not sorry about that at all. And, um, you know, it seems to be working like just our uh, Dr. Nathan is like, can I hold your hand and uh seems like he's going to be able to open up to her and everything and it it sister pete goes in there and literally walks him through what sounds like the prayer of i'm gonna die soon i'm not catholic so i can't say but that prayer sound like our father and our day of worship and our our worst need it sounded like something that optimus prime or rodimus prime would have said while he was opening up the fucking matrix of truth <laughs> inside of fucking unicron so um, <laughs> let this light our darkest hour and optimus. But, you know, fuck all that shit. Here comes Ray, motherfuckers. Look, I'm standing naked before you. Don't you want more than my sex? I can scream as loud as your last one, but I can't claim innocence. Oh, God, could it be the weather? Oh, God, why am I here if love isn't forever and it's not the weather? I, I got to say two things before Hands Scar down. completely go ahead, Scar fanboy. Hands down the best one. I, yeah. Yeah, by far. But also he, he did lick the ass crack of the Bible. Like he got down on his hands and knees and licked the crack of the Bible, which. I mean, know. I mean, is it better the Bible or, you know, he's a priest. We don't know where that Bible been. He <laughs> no, I mean, but, he's, but he's also, but he's also a priest. So, like, I, I'd rather be the Bible than someone's yeah. child. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, Father Ray goes and talks to Hoyt about the murders that he confessed to, including Jim Burns. Jim Burns. And Ray also wants Hoyt to tell the truth to Leo about um, all the murders. Um, and tell the truth about Timmy Kirk, uh, who's still alive. And Hoyt's like, he's not alive. I, I fucking killed him. And he was like, nope, he recovered. And he's back in uh, Emerald City. And uh, Jazz calls uh, Timmy a pejorative and tells him that he wants to sing. But he already did. He goes and he snitches. Basically, when he calls him the pejorative, I can't play that one. But it sounded really close to this. Martin Montgomery. <laughs> that was the anger that was in his voice when he was like, he's still alive. And then he goes and he tells um, Wharton Glenn 
about Timmy. Timmy goes and tells Leo that Hoyt's, that Hoyt's lying. And the whole thing is some sort of weird revenge thing from Father Ray, which causes Ray to act very dramatically. No, you gonna burn. You gonna burn. And Timmy turns and tells Ray that he's wrong because it's you who will burn. Like you're saying that in the warden's office, dude. Like nobody else heard that. Anyhow, Timmy then goes and finds random ass Clarence. We we find Clarence like twice, but we still can't find that seven foot three inch motherfucking um, the extra, yeah, the extra dude. There was just so then after um, Timmy finds random ass Clarence and uh, asks him about some arsonists that aren't at odds, and random ass Clarence is like, I know some arsonists, and Timmy's like, you want a blowjob? Which I guess is Timmy's only currency right? to offer to anybody, because that's the same thing he offered to Pastor Dylan. Um, and did Pastor Dylan... Did he offer it to Father Ray at some point, too? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much from the gate. He was like, I can give you what you need. <laughs> he was like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what else I can do, but I got that wet mouth. Exactly. And <laughs> as we know, because Clarence uh, literally walked up to uh, Franklin, and that was the first thing he said to him was, hey, you're going to give me that top top. We know that that's what he's looking for. So after that, uh, let me see if I got the name of this right. The Blessed Church of Blah, 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 Mary's Womb, Whoopty Bam, burned down later that day or, or next week. We don't really know. Um, but Ray wasn't killed, just injured. Two other pastors were killed. Um, and Timmy has now taken to drawing pictures of Satan. Because, you know, why not? I mean, he's, he's I mean, he's the, pretty much the Antichrist. I mean, some people would already say that because he's a redhead. But, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you know what you redheads, i was gonna wait till the end of the episode but scar i just want you to know that we got oh, other God. people on my side oh, my oh, my for God. junior who supports junior who understands what that man that boy's been through and don't oh. want to judge him because of the color of his skin don't so, make him out not a memorial one person in the chat and a pre and now we have a whole junior team we got a we whole got two people. Squad. You have two people. That does not make a squad. We got a squad. <laughs> that makes y'all a tennis team. Y'all can't. Y'all can't even run full court. That's a half court. Right. You playing <laughs> two? Squad. Nah. You got a squad. You and one other person. <laughs> nah. Let's. I mean, y'all. Y'all gonna be running. Y'all gonna be running full court like fucking white men can't jump. Like that's not. That's not real full court, dog. That's the move. That's the move. Um, so like, no, just had to get that out there. Whatever your, the, the, whatever the team, your team is built. If you want to join Team Junior, just tweet us. No, whatever us whatever team you got, we the king and duck. So <laughs> next up after that, ladies and gentlemen, Beecher sings. You. But then does he really? Like he sings, yes. But this is the part that really just made me stop being mad at this episode and just start looking at his camp because as he's singing, Schillinger comes out and joins him. This was the probably the best one. Into my heart and make my heart burn. You sneak into my mind. And make my hair 
ache. Yo, JK got a voice, dog. Yeah, I mean, we know. We know. That's a straight up baritone right That's there. A- like, See, he, he Omni Man, man. Like, you know, man, like, I know you hurt me. I just didn't care. <laughs> you just don't know how I feel about you, do you? Right. I'm here for you. Look, it's time to face the music. Bye bye. Don't slam the door. This is the last duet. So <laughs> that was the best one. I'm sorry. That's the best one. Now that was yeah. on some joyful karaoke type shit. Yeah. yeah. BD, BD Wong had like is the, the best talent. Uh, his, his segment was like the, the most talented. Um, but yeah, he also licked the crack of a Bible. So. He list, he licked the crack of a Bible's ass and those two were having a great time together. Um, pantomiming uh hitting it from the back and the whole nine yards like y'all would have to see the music that happened or the dancing that happened as well um but yeah no i would say that the ranking is i would still say bd wong killed it yes and then the two of them and then uh rita moreno and then hoyt hoyt was horrible i mean and then um which kind of day last oh yeah and no burr and then hoyt do you think you well? No, I take that back because not only was Burr's bad, but it was also the lip syncing was done poorly. Yes. So yeah, there's a lot of things. Anyhow, hey, it's Franklin. Franklin is now fully uh, wearing just the ponytails and the the pigtails rather, and the lipstick and 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 the Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. Outfit. And he so wants to know how the plan for Adam is going. And he asked Schillinger and Schillinger tells him, you know, uh, I predicted by the end of the week, Adam will be sucking my dick. And Frank is like, good. Catherine disposes uh, Gary Heakin, the guy who came forward as a witness in Keller's case. And it turns out that even though it was dark in the field, the nigga had a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and saw Keller clearly, and Keller's response was still, it wasn't me. There's a lot of people who have a face like mine. And Catherine was like, I was married for 10 years. I know when somebody's lying, and you're lying. And so she quits his case. And also, she then goes and asks Beecher, were you lying to me when you said that he never talked to you about the the trial or the, the case? And Beecher was like, yes, but in my defense, he lies about every fucking thing. So I didn't know if he was telling the truth or not. And she was like, fuck you, too. And she dips out. Next, a, a, a woman that loved him in prison. Yep. Yeah, but we always knew that he was destined to be with Keller. The only question is, what's going to happen with his little girl who had grown so close to this person was really the only parent he knew outside of the wall or the only parent she knew outside the wall because everybody else is dead. Mm hmm. They probably won't address that. They won't at all. 
So the next thing that happens is that Adam is sitting with the bikers and bragging about sexually assaulting his victim. And this is the second part of I don't necessarily agree, but I understand. Me too. Because I was like, I thought you told Beecher that you didn't remember what happened because you were so drunk. I was so drunk. I don't know what happened, but you're telling them play by play what happened. Yeah, I knew her. I knew her and this happened and that happened. It's like, motherfucker. That's so, possible that he could be like exaggerating it because he thinks he probably was because he thinks it's going to make him look bigger and better. Yeah. yeah. But still. But you don't exaggerate that. <laughs> exactly. And the guy sitting next to him was like, I didn't know anybody I raped. Like they wrote that as a line. I wonder if he ad libbed that shit. I didn't know. And anybody I always thought I the people who committed like rape, particularly like that type of rape, weren't, weren't safe thought, in jail. Yeah, people didn't weren't cool with those people. Mm-hmm. And they, but they I guess the Nazis are okay with that. But they had to make it seem that way because he the and Beecher saw through it and told Adam that the bikers are Schillinger's allies and that they're setting him up. And Adam brushed Beecher off. Um, and the bikers come over and tease Adam about hanging out with Beecher. So he punches Beecher hella soft and to his usual homophobic uh, pejoratives. And then he went to go hang out with the bikers. So Beecher was like, all right, fuck you then. <laughs> I tried. Your motherfucker. Hey, hey, Schillinger, can I still have that route? And Schillinger was like, I'll think about it. Yeah, sure, you can. And so um, just get the Sicilians to stop protecting them and tell Sister Pete that you quit working in her office and we're all good. And he was like, you got it, dude. So he goes and talks to the Sicilians and the leader of the Sicilians in Chucky's place was like, you know what? I'm not surprised that you stopped asking us to protect that kid. I saw him earlier. He, he's a prick. Like, so then he goes and tells Sister Pete goodbye and tells McManus that he wants to go and work for the Aryans, which McManus sees right through. He's like, I know you want to go see Keller and I wish you could see Keller because McManus is better than Leo. Um, he also asked McManus to throw Adam out of M City and McManus ships him straight over to Unit B. <laughs> and then Beecher tells Schillinger, the boy is all yours. And then uh, Claire came into Keller's cell and told him that she wants to make fuck. And he told her that he doesn't want to have sex. And she hits him. He hits her back. And then she beats the shit out of him. Yeah. That's kind of her thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would have figured they would have learned the ropes by now. You hit her. She fucks your whole world up. And then find somebody else. Except for with Ryan. Because she was like, instead, I'm going to fuck your brother. Which that whole thing died kind of quietly. No, because remember, he went off on her. No, I mean, that whole, um, like, I thought that he would have gotten revenge on her or something at some point down the line where she had gotten fired. I guess that's what I was waiting on. I guess. I'll be honest with you. That was exactly what I was waiting for, was for Ryan to come in and save the day against uh, Claire. But it didn't happen. So... Next thing that happens is that um, Adam is now in unit uh, B and um, I guess he's still trying to act like whenever I look at Adam, I think about the the uh, DJ Qualls from the new guy. I feel like that's how he was walking through this new hall. And as he walked through the hall, I guess he forgot that he had uh, basically tried to look up against uh, Schillinger. 
Because when he saw Schillinger, he was like, yo, what's up, Vern? Almighty hat falling. Fuck you, slag. The shit out of that nigga, yo. Hey, Vern. Boys in them city send their regards. Shut up. Hey, I was just. Oh, go on. Go on. Go Get off me. Sir. Get off me. May I watch? Well, if you don't, how are you ever going to learn? Get the fuck off me. And Beecher goes into, yeah, I'm still not mad about that. I mean, I, I should be because it's still a sexual assault. And we just got on Leo for saying that shit. I'm mad that that happened to him, but he's a fucking dickhole. Who was just and Beecher warned him. It was just bragging about him sexually assaulting someone. Mm-hmm. And literally has blackballed himself from every person who could have helped him out. So, yeah. And Schillinger kept his word, mm-hmm. which I was surprised. He gave him the route. Mm-hmm. And Beecher goes to deliver the mail to uh, Keller and finds out that Keller is no longer there um, because he's in Benson Memorial. That's what Claire did to him. Beat the shit out of him and beat him real good and was like, the fuck you want? So uh, then... He um, does one more song because, you know, why not? Oh, also, when she says that um, Keller acted up, so I had to shut him down. She closes the bars and they show Keller or they show Beecher's face behind the bars. And that's when I realized that they're showing that he's now in a jail of his own making. Yep. Because he sold everybody out and didn't even get what he wanted. That's deep. On days like these, when the rain won't fall, and the sky is so dry that even birds can't call, I can feel your tears disappearing in the air. Carried on the breeze on days like these But you can't reap what you don't sow And you can't plant in hollow ground So let us fill this empty earth with hope Till the rains come down on days like these That's that's the same song, right? From um Sister Pete. Uh let's see. Life should hold they can make him they can drive him to his knees Ain't nothing comes for free In days like these It's funny that her side was the one where they were saying Ain't nothing come for free And Beecher's realizing that After he realized he gave up everything for something he can't, he still can't have 
Ooh, bars. Schillinger won this episode. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He played he played his part perfectly. Like a violin. I mean, he is a music major and he's a um, member of Five Mu Alpha. They just had their uh, anniversary recently. Oh, that's nice. I don't I know, know what I, the fuck that I know, is. I know. It's, it's fraternity. It was um, music fraternity. I know a couple of symphonians, so. Okay, look at you. Look at you. And the last thing that happens is Beecher is finishing up his song. That snuffling sound you heard was Adam, who somehow made it all the way to the gym, but naked was scratched on his back. I don't know if that was part of the song or if that was real life. Like Beecher actually found him on the ground like that. And then it ends. And then it ends. So next week, I can tell you right now, when I watch episode seven, that I'm really gonna watch wanna watch episode eight. So, so I you think wanna we do, need to do doubles. A very special double episode because I'm not gonna want to wait a week to find out what happens. I don't wanna wait. Okay, so if we're gonna do that. Um, a very special episode. Okay. It will just have to be recorded, I would say, preferably. Well, shit. We'd have to get that figured out. Okay. Yeah, we'll get that figured out. We can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, we can work that out. I need that. Scar, you got any specials coming up? Um, I'm working on one. I'm okay. working on a new one. I need um, to go to your website and uh, pick up some more um like buy some more of the candle warmers so i could put one in devin's room and have one in my room uh because uh, teenage boys smell like hard work and regret <laughs> so but he you know what i take that back devin doesn't because devin got like the body washes and the sprays and everything so he smells pretty fucking good but I still want to have that in his room just in case he wants his room to smell like, you know, like your coworker. He wants his room to smell like a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, and... I, got some, I got some new tree fragrance. Um, okay. I, had, I had to get I had to get some new new um, because, I mean, I couldn't get no more Christmas tree from the place that I wanted to get it from. Um, so I just got some new trees. I okay. do have something else, too. OK, what's up? Listeners, this is for the listeners. I sent Derek oh, a video clip from Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I laughed. The show that he shitted on on this show for so many times. And guess what? He fucking liked it. But here's also what happened. He sent me a, a, a segment of Curb Your Enthusiasm that's from like season, season eight. eight. And I cashed out on season two. Which means there will be six more seasons before I got to something that was actually funny, which is like me telling uh, Brandon, you know what, a show that you think you would hate. No, you know what? That's too close to the truth. That's like me telling somebody who's eating a hot dog that's hella nasty. You know what? It gets really good right near the end of the other side of that hot dog. First couple bites taste like shit. When you get to the third to last bite, it's going to taste like filet mignon. Uh, you got to get to the burnt part, dog. No, it's really like after you take the first bite, the rest of the bites are good. No, I don't. I two, don't. Out of, two out of 11 is literally the first bite. So you're telling me the seasons three through 11 are grand. Four through 11. Four through 11 now. We're, we're, we're going up on a Tuesday. You, I like the early season, but you won't. 
You might not even like four, but I probably won't. You know, you saw Leon in that clip. I did see Leon in that clip, and I laughed because Leon was there, and I was happy that he was there. But you know what else is there? Larry David. He was funny in that clip, too. Larry David. Um, Accusing a man with Parkinson's. That, shit was, that Parkinson's. shit was funny. That shit was funny. But I don't know if he can do it consistently. And guess what? It comes back this month. I know it does. Uh, I and they saw just you listed and the special guests. They just listed a special guest. Like I Pat hope it's not Oswald. Dave Chappelle. No, Pat Oswalt is going to be on there. Uh, VA, two up, two down. Pat Oswalt from Portsmouth. He's from Portsmouth? You know who's also from Portsmouth? That. Scar. Missy Elliott. Scar. Woody Magoo. Harrelson's going to be on there. Magoo. Bill Hader is going to be sure, on there. Pretty sure Magoo is from like Norfolk, Virginia Beach, one of those. He raps like he's from Norfolk. That makes sense. No, it, no stop saying Norfolk. It's Norfolk. It's Norfolk. It's Norfolk. 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 Y'all fuck. Norfolk. All right. So he raps like he's from y'all fuck. No, Norfolk. That's what I say. But I just fuck. want the listeners to know that he thought it was funny. I laughed. <laughs> I just looked it up, and he is from Norfolk. He is from y'all fuck. And I sent him another one, but I don't think he watched that one. But that uh, one was him I did watch it. Being him. That was I wanted him to see himself. I, I did watch it. And I, that was you, wasn't yeah. it? I didn't laugh. Because you saw yourself. That's it's cool. hard to laugh at yourself. That's cool. I didn't laugh, though. <laughs> it's not hard to laugh at myself. You know, I've made a living out of laughing at myself. You know who can't laugh at themselves? And we're out of time. Y'all can go ahead and leave a review. Um <laughs> on Podchaser, and then copy that and uh, carry that on over to um, Apple Podcasts, and then carry that on over to um, Good Pods, which is an app. Oh, yeah, fellas, um, we have a listener named uh, Andrea DeSantos, Um, and yes, I'm using the full name because uh, they're really dope. And uh, they started up a, a podcast on YouTube. Uh, so they've been supporting us. And so I want to send our support out to them. Uh, if y'all can help them out, it's Dr. Anges, A-N-J, Dr. Anges Mental Health Review. And I'll put it into the show notes as well. Um, and they currently have 10 videos up. They're really doing mental health uh, videos on YouTube for folks in Australia who are and, and around the world, but folks in Australia who are currently under such uh, horrible conditions as far as the um, the lockdown. I didn't know that as of the, the time that they wrote me, Melbourne, Australia has been on lockdown for 250 straight days Yeah, yeah where there's like a curfew. Yes, absolutely. And, and, I, I'm, I'm one of the YouTubers that I follow. Um, she uh, lives there. And yes, they are 100% locked down still. They're super locked down. And so I was like, that is awful, awful, awful. Um, and the first email that she sent me or they sent me, they started this whole thing off. I won't be able to get to it until next week's episode because it still has spoilers but just so you know it does involve it's literally called oz podcast cyril's hand puppet 
<laughs> so next week we're we're going there. Um, I still want to know what the what the spoilers were. I could send it to you. Yeah, you could take a look. That will involve me having to. Nope, I'll just forward it straight over to you. Okay, cool. Um, I'm down. The scar finger. That is your email address, right? The scar finger at Gmail. Yeah. It's the dot, but with with or without the dot, it still comes to me. The dot scarfinger at gmail.com. There we go. Um scars on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. That's B OK. I'm on Twitter at Rashani, and the show is on Twitter at Return to Oswald. Um the person who uh did that other show who was like, yo, he's quitting. I'm still going to, I'm still going to be here. He tried to apologize and then I didn't accept it. So then he deleted the the tweet, which worked out just fine. So yeah. In return, I will say y'all should check out Inside Oz. Um, it's another Oz podcast. But probably with a, a whole lot a whole lot less instances of the word nigga. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm quite certain. If he said nigga, then we'd have another conversation. But um, he does have uh, actors from the show that uh, are on his show every so often. So and, and, and by and large, he seems like a really nice person who was just just fucked up. So let's do that. Um, you can donate to the show at <laughs> patreon.com slash single simulcast or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. And our voicemail number is 916-633-1537. Did I miss anything? No, there we go. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly do appreciate y'all. Really, yeah. like our numbers have completely like just they continue to just yeah, I, I almost said they make me hard. They make me happy. <laughs> Let's put it like that. They make me extremely happy. And it is because of y'all telling your friends about the show and sharing the show and just everything y'all do for us is greatly appreciated. Um, and tell your mama them, tell your cud them, tell everybody. Shout out to y'all niggas in Sierra Leone. Bonjour to you motherfuckers in France. Hello to y'all, all y'all, literally all y'all niggas. Good day, mate, out in fucking Australia. We got niggas in Norway. We got niggas in fucking the United Kingdom, oi, Germany and Canada, and we spreading out. So thank y'all so much. We greatly appreciate y'all becoming lifers by choice. Y'all are fucking Tug Daniels and shit. I'll be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. Simulcast.